Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Steve. And I'm Josh. And together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings and slither in place because this is Snakebird. Snakebird. Hey, welcome, Snakebirds, to the freshest episode of the cast. Our discussion today finds us dwelling on some of the circumstances that surround us on a daily basis and how to put those matters in perspective, drawing upon what we know to be immutable truth found in God's Word. Yes, that is right. And we hope you are doing well today. And if you're not, then you chose the right episode to tune in on. (laughs) Yes. Because today's topic is one that overshadows everything in this world that might be going wrong in your life. Um, It doesn't take a genius to see that the days we're living in are uncertain. And if you think of the more recent examples, we obviously had a global pandemic that shifted everything that we were familiar with into a whole new realm. Um, We've had, you know, stock market crashes in 2008. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that are just a testament to the uncertainty of this world that we live in, especially in our modern day that's, uh, you know, hits home for us. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you need examples, just go turn on the news yeah, <laughs> and no watch kidding. for a few minutes or, or access a news website and just scroll through the headlines because it's pretty uncertain out there and very unstable. It really is. And then obviously, to take it out of the global spectrum, uh, maybe you're having to uproot your family and move for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many different things that can come out of left field in this world. And the longer I live, the more I understand that we do, in fact, live in uncertain times. Yeah. And um, I do want to follow that up by saying, so did my parents Mm -hmm. and so did my grandparents. And the truth of this crazy world is that it is uncertain times we live in, no matter which way you cut it. So listener, if you are perhaps in one of those roller coaster lows of uncertainty right now, then we are really glad that you tuned in because we're going to be talking about some truths that really do overshadow all of this uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's that shifting sand um, analogy And one of the things that Jesus said is exactly is don't build your house on shifting sand, build it on the rock. And that's probably one of the areas that you go because I see you shaking your head. (laughs) Yes, yes, I thought of that. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, I always think of like that, that song we used to sing that talks about Jesus pulling us from the miry clay, sets my feet upon the rock. And a lot of times that's where I find myself needing to be, especially when I'm looking around and going, dang it, nothing is just stable in my life right now because mm-hmm. it doesn't take much to to unalign our lives, to, to get us off um, some of our stability at times. Yeah. No, that's very true. And I, I was shaking my head because that that's exactly what I thought of, too. Um, it's hard not to in mm-hmm. this topic. Um, yeah. That was what I was thinking of was foundations. Yeah. And um, obviously, that's the best <laughs> verse to go to for exactly that. Exactly right, yeah. Um, shall we dive into that? Or, Josh, do you have any more you want to touch on? I wanted to just say this, and, and it sounds like I'm reading right out of uh, a movie probably, but for me, this was a week that truly and somewhat comically contextualized the essence of this week's topic for me. It was Sunday, and I was walking out of the church building, and the front of my sandal caught a slightly raised section of the doormat. A blink of an eye later, I was sprawled out, face down, slain in the spirit, laying prostate for all to see. My coffee cup launched into the air, and my dignity followed closely behind. 
One moment I was gliding out of the building after another successful streaming day assisting in the service. The next I was asking my stupid knee to allow me to take another step. (laughs) It was then that the still small voice we hear from time to time reminded me that physical health is fleeting and that much of what I consider as things that are constant and ever present in my life can be gone or changed in a flash. And it has become increasingly obvious, especially in the light of the last couple of years that we are living in uncertain times. And as we take stock and look around, we see that almost on a daily basis, like you said, there's political divide and unrest, which leads to our nation being heavily divided and feeling like a powder keg. Yeah. And then you talked about the pandemic, economic hardships, um, the cost of building materials right now. Yes. That wood is starting to become a commodity. Breach. Yeah. That hits home for um, me hard. <laughs> and then racial tension, which is just so tragic. Yeah. You know, people are targeting certain individuals. Um, and then there's that growing sense of godlessness and rejection of everything that's holy. It's it's that love growing cold. Yeah. And then somehow Nazis have returned. <laughs> I, I don't even get it, you know? I heard there's Nazism in Dr. Seuss books now. Oh, man. <laughs> See? And that's the divide right there. Yeah. You know? But it's just it's just sketchy. Like we live in the most uncertain of times. And so we do, you know, and I, I mean, even on top of those collective national and international uncertainties, we also have several that affect us personally, things like our health, because it can be fine one day. And then the moment that, you know, all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't feel well. And you go to the doctor. I know um, one of my best friends, all of a sudden his wife, who's perfectly healthy, had been diagnosed with cancer. And she's come through that now and she's in remission. But I mean, their lives changed in a heartbeat. And then you're talking about your lifespan. And, and, you know, we think that we have 75 or 80 years, but our lives might be shortened to 45 or 50. Um, And then even our friends and family were uncertain in some of their lives. We don't know about their their vocations or their jobs or if they're going to have to move or their well-being or or even our jobs or or even our food and shelter sometimes those things aren't certain and so um i just i was reminded of solomon as i was reading my uh my devotions this this uh week because he came to um Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse one, it says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of the trouble come on and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. And then he goes on to list every single part of his body that's going to break down. And it's just, it's kind of hilarious. So, yeah, you know, I, I just, I was like, well, it's enough to cause someone to have an existential crisis if we're focusing on the wrong thing. And I, I'm looping back to what you said, because I said, make no mistake, we live in uncertain times, but then again, so have people for the last 2000 years. It never ceases to amaze me that the writers of the New Testament, like Peter, Paul, John, and Hebrews guy, uh, (laughs) said again and again that we're living in the last days. And I think that uncertainty has a purpose, which is don't get too comfortable. That's true. You know, don't, uh, don't hammer your tent pegs too far in the mm-hmm. ground so I've yeah heard it said. yeah and don't you know don't just settle in thinking this is all that there's ever going to be because you don't know yeah well it's it's definitely one of those things as a christian that that we know that the bible preaches that we know the truth of that but we're still stuck in the here and now mm-hmm. and we're having to deal with it in real time and so that's 
precisely why we're doing this episode is to kind of go over some of these things in a really applicable way um, mm-hmm. that we can look at it and some of the things from the past and all that. And sorry about the spill at church, bro. Uh. <laughs> I remember you texted me. You're like, hey, are you up for lunch? And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, I think I'm going to skip. I blew, <laughs> I kind of blew out my knee. I blew out a tire. <laughs> and I, if I had responded before you sent that second text, I was going to say, I threw my back out. Oh. So we're just a couple of cripples that <laughs> yeah, weekend. Yeah. So yeah, our, this is such a shell we're living in and it's, it's fading away. And anybody of, of any aged age mm-hmm. knows what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I've been so. running with my check engine light for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, foundations, I mentioned that earlier, and uh, the chances are you've heard the, the children's song from Sunday School, the, the wise man who built his house upon mm-hmm. the rock, uh, the foolish man, we know what he did, he got swept away. And of course, we get that from Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus is concluding that famous Sermon on the Mount, where he's just laid out all these amazing truths um, on who will enter the kingdom of heaven, what their lives are going to look like. And at the very end of all of that, he says that those who hear his words and act on them are like the man who built his house on the rock, and that that foundation will stand against anything. And, of course, the converse was the man on the sand. But um, as I pondered our topic this past week, I couldn't help but realize that our certainty in uncertain times has to be based on a foundation, that we can default to, mm-hmm. uh, something that stands so strong that even if the house we've built upon it gets torn to shreds, even if that happens, we aren't swept away by the storm because we have a foundation that is worthy of standing on, even if our walls come tumbling down. And I honestly think that it's at these very moments when God comes through the strongest for us because um, it, it's always a reminder that it's in his strength that we overcome, not our own. Mm-hmm. And I heard it said really well this week that Satan does his best work when we're on top of the world, but God does his best work when we're at the at the lowest point. Wow. And I, I find that to be very true and, and have in my life personally. So I have some various uh, scriptures and applications that, that kind of tie together that I think would be great to chew on and consider as every one of us are going to come to these seasons of uncertainty where the only thing that keeps us going is that foundation that can't be swept away by the troubles of this world. Mm. And one of those foundations is the foundation of security. Um, this is a certainty in Christ. Uh, we'll be familiar with a verse, uh, but it's worth repeating, um, especially in my own life, I have to repeat it often, is Philippians 1.6. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And we have the promise of Jesus that no one can snatch us out of his hand because you've been bought for a dear price. And no matter what sins you've committed, uh, things you've done, things you've thought, um, none of that can work as a wall, a barrier between you and the love of God. And maybe you're in a place where it feels like God's abandoned you. He hasn't. You can rest assured of that mm. because God is faithful to finish that work he started in you when you gave your life to him. And, and maybe it's been years since you felt that closeness with God. Uh, maybe it's a sin you've allowed back in your life. And and if it is, we're told in, in 1 John 1, 9 that he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins um, if we repent of them, if we come to him honestly with those. And maybe it's not a sin at all that you've let back in your life. Maybe this world has just beat you down with stress, uncertainty, regret even. 
um, God is faithful to come to you where you're at and start fresh. It really makes me think of Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I pray that you will pray that prayer and, and that connection with uh, mm-hmm. a spark of fresh spirit within you will will come to fruition Um but because that that's followed by such a, a peaceful new outlook mm-hmm. um, on life, and so that's a big foundation, uh, security, peace with God, that that knowing that in Him you are strong. Yes, yeah. I feel like there's so much to that of the the way that the devil wants to get in, and there's so many people that I've met that come and go. How do I know that I'm saved? And he's created this shadow of doubt in their minds to where all of a sudden you see them almost weekly on a, on a weekly basis trying to pray the sinner's prayer and raising their hands. And I mean, to a degree, that breaks my heart because I'm like, that is not what God wants for you. Yeah. He wants you to have assuredness in him mm-hmm. and that when you take that step in into salvation to not doubt and just walk forward believing by faith that it's it's only God's grace that saves us and nothing that we could do you know other yes. than just receive it and i would say if you're in that that position Josh just just described um that's a sign of you working out your salvation in fear and trembling mm-hmm. that is a sign that not necessarily that god wants you to be in that state of constant am i saved but that is in fact a sign mm-hmm. that you're saved yeah. that you're worried about your spiritual state your salvation your eternity so that that's something that you can you can look at and say well i do that does tear me up when i know i'm not you know, in the place God wants me to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. So that's you can take some peace in that. Absolutely, yeah. And if I could piggyback on your security foundation, yeah, <laughs> I've got a verse in Romans eight, uh, verses thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Uh, it says, "For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers." neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. And I just, I I can't help but think of that extensive list of God just being like, are you worried about this? Are you worried about that? Are you worried about this? Are you worried about that? And he just, he, at that moment, he's like, bam, take it down, bam, take it down. Nothing. Yeah. There is nothing that can separate you from my love. And I love, I know that we've talked about it before, but I love the fact that Jesus, um, being our our lawyer, if you will, in that courtroom before mm-hmm. God, that they, Satan, he is the accuser. And he does, He not only does he place those thoughts in our minds, mm-hmm. he tries to throw them out at God. Yes. But that's the awesome thing about where Jesus sits. Uh-huh. He sits between us. Yes. And he defends us. Yeah. He's our standard and our shield. Yeah. And he's the one that every accusation, he's like, it's got to come through me first. Yeah. Oh, wait, I've already paid for that. And that was filtered through my blood. Yes. Yeah. And it's gone. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, another uh, security verse you just reminded me of was John 14, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or rooms. <laughs> Some people are like, it's not mansions. Uh, <laughs> and if it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Oh, yeah. You know, and I can't help but think of the Rich Mullins uh, ragamuffin band or whatever, you know, because he had that song. And it always plays through my head when I hear that uh, when I hear that verse. But it's just like there's so much hope and security in that knowing that God's got this. Let not your heart be troubled. That is scripture. Mm -hmm. See, I always thought that was Sean Hannity with the patriotic (laughs) American. But what do you know? He got it from the Bible. Oh, my gosh. Fox News. Oh, yeah. No, not to take away from those awesome truths, because they are. So another foundation that I thought of was the foundation of provision. Uh, I know that we've we've mentioned the phrase where God guides, God provides before, and that can sound a bit shallow and catchy, but there's a lot of truth in that statement. Um, sometimes we can look at our, our situation and think, how could this be a place God has guided me? Um, you, you think back to when you were like in high school and you were looking forward to college and your aspirations, where you thought you were going to be in 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you get to that level of 10, 15, 20 years later and you look back and you're like, how did this happen? You know, you, you think you thought you would be somewhere else. And the question really isn't about what happened in the past, but what God can do going forward we know that God is a master of making all things work for his glory, no matter what the situation is. Even if it was an evil thing that led you to your situation, we can be certain that God can provide for us going forward as we walk in the newness of life in him. So a big uncertainty in this world um, is livelihood and finances. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that there's a lot of people out there who have perhaps lost their jobs um, that certainty of consistent paychecks with the pandemic we just went through. And maybe five years down the road when someone's catching up on our library, they're going to be like, well, what, ha- what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be in the history books. But yeah. th- there's, been a, there's been a lot of people lose their jobs lately. And I, I know people personally who they're going through a season of life right now. And they're like, listen, I, I have to provide for my family. I mean, this is ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's an uncertainty now. That, that's something you don't know how you're going to get the next um, mortgage payment, the next car payment, or for crying out loud, groceries. I mean, the stimulus checks are nice, but they don't make up for all mm-hmm. of that for some people who've lost their jobs. And, you know, it makes me think of, of Job, who was a very wealthy man. He was also a very righteous man, but he lost everything. He lost everything. Mm-hmm. Being a, a faithful believer didn't exemplify him from losing everything. His his worldly means of providing for his family, it was completely destroyed. But Job, being the faithful man he was, he defaulted to that foundation of trusting God's provision, which in the end, it, it came through in a very big way. I definitely don't want to over-spiritualize Job's story into, just like Job, you too will get everything <laughs> devil in the end. Yeah. Because everyone's situation is different, and we have to trust God in the uniqueness of every situation. But the the point would be that, that money and the means to provide for your family can be very uncertain. Uh, I know a very popular Christian resource when it comes to money is Dave Ramsey. And I have nothing against you know proper money management and, and all of that, but I think we need to remember that money and worldly provisions are very uncertain. Uh, we could lose everything tomorrow, and if that happened, would we be able to stand firm on the, on the certainty of God's guiding hand? And the answer is yes. 
if we so choose to trust him in that season. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke twelve twenty two through 32, uh, Jesus is trying to explain this very thing to his disciples when he says, uh, For this reason I tell you, do not worry about your life as to what you are to eat, nor for your body as to what you are to wear. For life is more important than food, and the body more important than clothing. Then in verse 28, Now if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and thrown in the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you? In verse 30, All of these things are what the nations of the world eagerly seek, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be provided to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, because your Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. Mm. And, you know, I don't want you to, to think that it's, it's sinful to want to provide for your family, because that's not even what Jesus is saying here. He's saying he knows you need mm. those things. And it can sound very cliche and very um, Christianese to say, well, just trust God. Yeah. And I understand that's, that's not just a Band-Aid scripture to throw at someone, but there is a very deep truth in just trust God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's hard for someone to say that um, who, who might not be going through that to someone who is. But um, if you lean into God in these times, man, he can come through in some really big ways. Yeah. Well, and I feel like um, there are so many verses that support this, but I also feel like there's been predominant teachings that have gone above and beyond what probably Scripture says to offer um, maybe some uh, bad advice, you know, about... God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, Yeah, you know? Oh, and yeah. um, I was thinking of Paul when he said in Philippians, he says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. And a lot of times I could look at that and be like, well, I need a Cadillac, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I need, Daddy uh, needs a Tesla. <laughs> I need dollar dollar bills, y'all, you know, yeah. but God knows what our needs are, you yes. know, and then there's the song that says um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and he he will give you the desires of your heart you know or yeah. it's, it's something a Tesla yeah, yeah Tesla <laughs> <laughs> what's the answer Tesla <laughs> what is it ludicrous speed um, but there also has to be that spiritual context of what God wants to say because yeah. even one of the most um, misquoted scriptures in the Bible is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and it's such a beautiful verse when you realized what Paul is trying to say because he's looking yeah. at his life and he says I have been able to do a lot when I have abundance and I'm able to do a lot when I don't have very much when things are lean but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and and if there's anyone who knew um, poverty at times it was the apostle Paul yeah you that's know true. this is a man who was um, in ministry, but making his own way by by sewing tents. And this is a guy who at times was living under house arrest, I'm sure not provided the, the lavishes of someone who uh, might be a homeowner or something like that, you know. That's true. And, you know, I, I think that the living word of God, it for some people, it might be a great feat. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the scripture isn't necessarily always bound by a box of context because there are times that you can do some great things yes. through Christ who yes. strengthens you. But I think that's an, a, a critical point you point out, Josh, because we if we get into the kind of the the 
tunnel vision of of that means I can do anything, you know, and we take it there. We forget the times that there are low times mm-hmm. that we need Christ to strengthen us in those. Yes. Yeah, and I and I feel like again, just pass <laughs> the things that you hear through the lens of scripture and Always. and test test the, you know, test what's being said. You know, if you're if you're at a church where they're constantly emphasizing that you should be um advancing and you should be wealthy and that, you know, just picture it in your mind's eye, yeah. you know, visualize, visualize exactly. Yeah. Then there should be some red flags going up. You're absolutely right. And, you know, while we're on the, on the prosperity side of the topic, um, and, and I was mentioning foundations, I, I am acquaintances with a person, you know, the whole new thing uh, among certain circles is the, the new Robin hood app, you know, and the, the fact oh, that the, yeah. mod, the uh, everyday person can start trading and all that. And, uh, I, I'm acquaintances with a guy that has gotten into it. And I got, I got a Robin, the Robin hood app and just, you know, it's kind of like you, you allow yourself on vacation, a certain amount of spending money. I, mm-hmm. I did that. And, uh, we all kind of had fun, you know, seeing what each other's stocks were doing and all that. But I noticed, uh, this one person, he got more and more into it, um, to where his foundation of happiness that day was based on whether those stocks were doing good. He had put a lot more money than Mm -hmm. a lot of us had. And I noticed that that's, that's one way that we, we, our foundation, if it's on something that is not real, if it's on something that is, that can be broken down like the house on the sand, mm-hmm. it, it it's not going to last. Yes. Like you will have spurts of joy. You will have artificial security blanket for a while. But if if you are basing your, your foundation um, on, on things like that, it, it doesn't bring happiness. It's just kind of a reminder of something very recent that I've yeah. noticed. Yeah. And it's so easy to criticize people that are wealthy or people that have some money because it's like, um, well, are you depending on your faith or are you depending on your wealth? And, oh, yeah. and the truth is you have to be dependent on your faith. And we see so many examples, especially being in the American church where it is about status. It is about having more materials, but you also reach out into maybe the, the international community of Christians and you see that some people are living on so little Yes, and, and they should not be being preached the prosperity doctrine at all because, yeah. you know, they're just going to lose heart in a, in a moment. Mm-hmm. But I also remember uh, Jesus giving the parable of uh, two parables, one of um, Lazarus and the rich man and the rich man had everything that he ever needed and then he died. And of course, you know, now he ends up in the not so great side of Abraham's bosom. And he's like, I had everything that I ever wanted. And Lazarus was a poor man. And now he's having everything that he wants. Yeah. And and I think there's just that danger of going, um, I'm trusting in my wealth. And then there's that guy that Jesus was talking about who um, he's very wealthy and he gets to the end of the harvest and he looks around and he's like, well, all my barns are filled. I guess I'll tear them all down and build bigger barns. Yep. <laughs> you know, I've got my jet ski and my boat and my uh, my uh, four-wheelers and all that. And then there's that voice that comes out of heaven that says, fool, this night your life will be required of you. Yeah. And what in the end, what did it gain you to have all those material things and yet not cultivate your spiritual walk with God? 
And one thing I noticed about that scripture, too, is at the end, it wasn't necessarily emphasis on him having all those things. It was at the very end where he said, I will build these bigger barns so that I can coast the rest mm, of my life, yes. basically. Yeah. And that was that was the downfall. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that I've got it made now, and I'm not going to aspire for anything else because I've got it made, yeah. and I'm going to coast. Yeah. And it's that... It's kind of like that that proverb, the fool is said in his heart. It says there is no God in most mm-hmm. Bibles, but what it really says is no God, as in no thank you. Yes. And that's kind of that mindset of, yeah. no, I, I'm good. I've got it made. I'm going to coast. I've, I've got everything I need. Well, and when you talk about material wealth, um, of course, we saw the tragic um, nature of the Great uh, Depression yeah. when you know Wall Street fell. And next thing you know, people are jumping out of skyscrapers, committing suicide. And we also saw a bit of a, of a resurgence of that with the 2008 economic crisis, where people lost half their retirement due to a, a stock market crash. Yeah. And so just tragedy. But again, we can't put our hope in oh. something that is like that because, once again, it is uncertain. It is insane. It, it will, in fact, happen again. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things we can't base our, our joy on or anything. And the, the thing is that Jesus pointed out is that's what the world does. Mm-hmm. They do find those those little niches to put their faith in. Yeah. And you see what happens. Yeah, because that's, that's one of the areas that I went to, and we're kind of covering it as we go. But what are some of the things that the world runs to in times of uncertainty? And I think one of the biggest things is their bank accounts and just seeing what they have available. And then I think another thing is um, relationships, mm-hmm. trying to to depend on their uh, their spouse or their their parents, whatever it might be. And that's a scary place to be too, because again, that person that you're placing all your hope in might be here one day and then they could be gone the next. For sure. Yeah. And that sounds very Debbie Downer, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Well, and another thing that people run to um, is when when there's no security in money or, or things like that, you, you, you have nothing else, you, you run to pleasure. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, things are so down in your mind that you're just like, man, I, I've just got to get out of my own head. Yes. And so people run to whatever that, that pleasure might be for them, whether it be uh, pornography, whether it be alcohol, drugs, anything to get you out of your head to, to lose the misery you're in mm-hmm. that you can't handle. Yes. And that's, that's a sure sign that somewhere along the way, um, a foundation was built, uh, from a fraudulent foundation. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's that's why this episode is so important. This, yes. this topic, anyway, is is because if you have the foundation of, of God, of Jesus, of what He's done for you, and what that means you are from that point forward, mm-hmm. um, that eliminates all of that. Yeah, yeah, and you'll have certainty because even Job. I love that verse that says, "For I know my Redeemer lives, yeah. and I know that I'll see Him." <laughs> and there's a weird part where he says, "Even if my flesh is destroyed," and I think he was talking about his literal like I've been scraping myself yeah. off with this clay pot because of all the boils that I had. He's like, "I might show up there with not an ounce of skin left, but I am going to look at him." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. I might be, hopefully I'm I'm uh, understanding the scripture correctly. <laughs> Expositional like, teaching. I might look like a zombie, but my eyes are focused on yes, him. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, and oh man, he has that other verse that says, um, he knows the way that I take and when I'm tested, I shall come forth as gold. And that is the hope of, um, being certain of, of our, our faith in God is that no matter what life throws at us, it's going to work out for his glory. And, And that's hard to say because you're looking going, I don't even know what, what happens tomorrow. And yet, um, we're pressing on every day towards eternity. And, and listener, don't, I would encourage you not to confuse, um, like, like that idea of coming forth as gold, as in, as not saying like, I'm going to tough through this, pick myself Mm -hmm. up by my own bootstraps and and I'm going to get myself there. Um, what that is, that is, that is a submission and resting in what God has done through Mm -hmm. Christ. That's the strength that does that for us. That that's him perfecting that work he started in you at the beginning. And so, um, don't, don't get into a mindset of, well, I've got to, I've got to pull myself up and I've got to do this. Um, do you got to submit to God? Yes. That looks different for each of us, uh, in different ways, but it is in his, his strength that that happens that mm-hmm. that comes to fruition yes so that's and that that takes a huge weight off of my shoulders yeah. because i know i can't i i've tried so many things in my own power and it just never works mm-hmm. and so that that's a really important thing to remember it's in god's strength yes because he's the one that carries us through yeah and that spirit that's within us that, that's a big part of it mm-hmm yeah, for sure. And so I just um, had a list of certainties that I wanted to walk through real quick. I, I liked the foundations that you gave, the the um, security and then provision. And I think probably some of these overlap with that. But the first one I'll go to is that life is short, but eternity is forever. And, and you can also say that life is hard because we live in a sinful fallen world. But the nice thing is, is that we're pressing on. Um, I always quote C.S. Lewis and I really appreciate, um, the analogies or the allegories that he used in, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia series. And I love the, the part at the very end of the last book, when he's talking about press further up and further in and the Pevins each other and they're looking back and they're going, well, what was that? And and they're like talking about how that's the shadow of the former. And now everything that they're experiencing is real life. And I just oh, have wow. this hope of heaven of like, I cannot wait to get there, you know. But in the meantime, I think of like Second Corinthians 4.18. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And John, uh, in First John, kind of echoes that. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And that is a certainty that we can rest our feet on, <laughs> yeah. a foundation that we can come to and say, okay, God's got this. Because I know that there's some people, their life is just hard. And I would never presume to look at someone who's living for Jesus in a place like China and go, you should be wealthy and you should be happy and everything should be coming together for you because you're a follower of God. What I, what I would hope to say is that God is holding you in his hand and um, be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. And, and I know that you're going to have tribulation, but, um, but Jesus is walking with you through this. And so that's one thing. Another thing that I wanted to um, just point out is that 
uh, a certainty that we have in this life is that God doesn't change and Jesus doesn't change. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change. And I think there's so much hope and assurance in that (laughs) because I know as a fallible man, I change and I change my mind or I, you know, um, I might have a difference of opinion on somebody based on how I'm viewing them that day, (laughs) even though I want to love them unconditionally, but God, he is the same and he, you can't come to him one day and he's like, well, I love you. And then all of a sudden you mess up and you go to him the next day and he's like, oh no, you're, you're, you're totally um, on my on my poop list. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> you know? don't love you today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he's the same. And that's something that we can take hope in because he says, I love you for you. Yeah. And I see you through the lens of my son. And then uh, another thing that doesn't change is God's love. Because Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's a biggie. Yes. And then uh, I'll just say this is the last thing is that love never fails. It remains. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Yeah, the wedding verses. (laughs) I just need a lower voice for that. The love chapter. Uh, It says, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. And then later on in the chapter, it says, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And it's really just been our story. It's all about love. It's all about God reaching out because of his agape love and redeeming us. And so if you're looking for some certainty right now, I know there's not a lot of hope in us going, hey, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, and you don't know what your health's going to be like tomorrow, and you don't know if you're going to get run over by a bus tomorrow because we, you know, only God knows that. But the certainties that we can put our hope in are so much better. Yeah, and I think that's where um, that's where we can just go, you know, back to like. Revelation or Matthew uh, at the end of the Great Commission, which I love, Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And like that just that like gives me chills, you know, Um, Hebrews echoes that where it says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Those are certainties that we can hang our hat on in just tumultuous, uncertain times. Yeah. Amen. Well, I, uh, I'm probably going to echo a variant of all of that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, that's, you know, that's the topic. And um, it's really, it boils down to one thing, and that is our faith in God and that foundation. So, of course, it will sound similar, but um, the only thing I was going to end with is um, this idea of the rock we stand on. With The foundations was a big thing for me as I, as I looked into this and reflected on my own life and, and just the nature of all of this topic. Uh, but Jesus gives us some, some awesome, cool imagery in the statement he made where he says, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Mm. And that rock is what we as believers are standing on. That's our foundation. And it's the amazing saving power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us that's truly sufficient for us to find peace in no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter what situation it is, 
uh, that's the piece in which we we find that. And these next verses are a little long. Josh, you already read uh, a portion of Romans chapter eight, <laughs> but I, I ended it with uh, a little broader verse context. So yes. I'm going to end with that. Okay. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so it's a little bit of a reiteration there, but I, I find such power um, in those scriptures. I think the reason I love that Romans 8 portion so much is because it reveals the reality of following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Will there be hard times? Yes. But our standing with God and that peace of knowing at the end of the day we're secure, that's what gives us that crazy joy th- that the world can't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't get it. But, you know, something like that can't be explained. Yeah. It, it has to be it has to be experienced. And so that would be our great encouragement to you, listener, is uh, obviously if you've never experienced that, to hop on board because, believe me, God, he has great plans for mm-hmm. you. And uh, a work that he can start in you tomorrow, he will finish faithfully at the yes. end of your life. Yes. And uh, if you've been walking with God for a really long time and you're in a very bland state, you, you don't seem as close as you once were, God can do that again in you. Your first fruits, all of that. God can mm. re-spark that in you. Uh, and I understand it, it might not come if you're going through something really hard right now. But um, God is faithful, yeah. and He will come through for you. Amen. He really will. Yeah, it just cracks me up because I'm like, anytime we get into discussions like this, I'm like, well, I present to you the whole Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I read a portion. Well, I'm going to read 20 verses yeah, before. <laughs> yeah. So this, uh, it takes 70 hours to read the Bible, I guess. So it's like, this podcast is 71 hours. <laughs> I must have brain damage because there's no way I could read the Bible in 70 hours. I just heard that's what it takes. I don't know. I think you're right. I think I've heard that, that if you were to have a a monotone voice just consistently, it could be read through in a, that it takes a year. That, that's a, that is a, that would be a daunting task. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's funny. It is. Yeah. So that, 
that's certainty and uncertain times. And if you've been going through some uncertain times, if maybe COVID has thrown you off and you've been looking for work or uh, your family dynamic has changed or you've had some health issues, whatever it might be, we're not trying to bring you down. What we're trying to do is say, hey, reach out to us so we can support you in this, so we can pray for you, so we can offer um, different perspective or renewed perspective or wisdom into it. Um, We know that you're out there and and uh, we just want to stand along with you as brothers and sisters in the Snakebird community. And so uh, please reach out to us. You can do so through our Facebook or through our email, connect at bsnakebird.com. Whatever it is, we want to hear your story. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Um, in these uncertain times, there's some people who are uncertainty about the unity with other believers. Mm-hmm. And we do not want you to be uncertain about that. The no. body of Christ is meant to be connected together. No matter what social divisions or anything else is getting thrown around in the world. So please, let's keep that connections as brothers and sisters in this body of Christ together. Reach out to us so that we can be connected with you. Um, believe me, there's things that we can ask for prayers for on our end for y'all to pray yes. for us for. Yes. So we we want to keep that going as the body of Christ. A hurt knee. Yeah. <laughs> and a bad back. And a bad back. <laughs> Please pray. No. Yeah. I'll just play. Well, we can go ahead and throw that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you if you don't reach out to us, just pray for our knees and our backs. Yeah. <laughs> Starting to get old. Yeah. It's been a long day. <laughs> My teeth are chattering. <laughs> for real. Oh man. So Snakebirds, always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, even if it's a whole big batch of uncertainty, there really has never been a better time to make your foundation Jesus. And be a snakebird. Snake